I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. It's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to a good scare. Be afraid. Be very afraid. I'm your host, Liz Christensen, and it's all in the telling. Welcome to Episode 54, Halloween Special 2020. Before we jump into the creepy story, a quick announcement. In the Telling is moving to a bi-weekly release schedule, with 21 episodes in Season 1 during 2019, and already over 30 more full-length episodes added during Season 2 in 2020. I'm excited to release consistent content in a more easy-to-consume flow. You can expect two new episodes in November. In the Telling will take a season break in December, and we'll be back in 2021, releasing episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month. And now I hope you'll enjoy this spooky story, Closing Time, written by Scott Taylor and read by Amanda Angerbauer. Closing Time, a short, disturbing story. Chapter One You know, Todd said to Amber as the two left work, a guy died in this very building 15 years ago. Amber stopped at the restaurant's back door. No way, she said. The college junior had already endured two psych classes and an immersion German class just before working a six-hour shift at the restaurant. You're BSing me just to freak me out. No, really. His name was Jim. My brother even knew the guy. They were in high school together, Todd said. A smile Amber saw through the darkened hallway crossed his lips. Stop it, she said. I'm not in the mood. And she wasn't. A headache that had simmered just beneath her forehead all day decided at that moment to grow in strength. Hearing about how some guy died in the building where she worked was the last thing she needed. After all, Todd was always talking crazy. She knew her co-worker, ten years her senior, had a slight crush on her ever since she began at the restaurant three months earlier. Still, Todd had lived in the college town his whole life, and she'd only arrived three years earlier. If anyone knew about some guy dying, Todd would. Okay, just thought you'd like to know about what happened. Todd followed Amber out of the door. It swung closed, and the cool October air seemed to grow colder at the sound of the door's lock catching. Amber breathed in deep, the cold air slightly freezing her lungs. Where'd you park? Todd asked. The lot was full when I pulled up, so I'm parked at the gym. I'll walk you to your car. No, Amber said, even though she hated going to her car alone in the dark. It's okay, Todd said. I want to. All right. The two set out for Amber's Subaru parked a half block away. They walked in silence, the only sound coming from their shoes on the recently rained-upon sidewalk. Finally, curiosity got the best of her. So, how'd the guy die? Amber asked as they rounded the gym's building and her car came into view. What? Die? Yeah, you were... Oh, Jim, at the restaurant. No, it, it's probably best you don't know about that. No way, Amber said and stopped. Todd walked two steps before he stopped too. You can't just blurt out that some guy died where I work, where I sometimes have to be alone when I'm closing up, and then not tell me what happened. Todd walked back to Amber. You sure? 
he said, stopping in front of her. His six-foot, four-inch frame towered over her. Amber felt a chill caused by more than the cold air. Yep. I want to know. Okay. But you're not going to like it. Why's that? Amber asked. Because if I tell you, then you and I will be the only ones who will ever know the truth about what happened. And that will be a problem. A problem? How? Amber asked, genuinely confused. You see, Todd said, looking back toward the restaurant. When a person is killed at the hands of another, then there's only one person left who knows what happened. And when two people know, <laughs> well, we can't have that now, can we? Todd's smile returned, only this time it masked something else. Amber turned and ran toward her car as fast as she could. Chapter 2 Stay calm, Amber said between breaths, her lungs burning, her mind racing. Don't look back. Stay calm. Don't look back. Get to the car. Get to the car. Get to the car. A million thoughts echoed in her skull as she got closer and closer to the Subaru. Amber ran track in high school, a sprinter. She knew she was fast, but she also knew most boys could beat her even on the JV squad. Even though Todd was older and didn't appear to be into staying fit, let alone running, she knew if he wanted to, he'd probably catch her before she reached the car. And then, get to the car! Amber dug into the front pocket of her jeans, grabbing frantically for her keys. Got him. She yanked her hand out and the keys went flying in front of her. Light from a solitary streetlight glinted off the Disneyland keyring she bought just last year. Mickey's smile mocked her fear. Thankfully, the keys flew forward and hung in the air in front of her. All thoughts vanished as the petite brunette focused solely on catching the keys. If they hit the ground, it could literally cost her life. The keys descended and fell into her outstretched hand. She caught them without slowing down. Twenty feet to the car. She just might live through this nightmare. Instinctively, her thumb moved to the button on the key fob that unlocked the door. The clicking sound of the door's unlocking synced perfectly with the flashing of the car's parking lights. Two clicks, two flashes. At least she wouldn't have to unlock the door. Ten feet, five feet. Stay calm, don't look back. She slammed into the side of the car, not wanting to slow down for even a microsecond. She broke two fingernails as her left hand grabbed for the handle. She pulled it back. The door flew open. The force she used caused the door to reach its apex and fly back into her hitting her in the side. Amber felt nothing. She jumped in the car and reached for the doors that began to open a second time. She caught the inside handle and pulled with all her strength. The power of the slamming door carried with it cool night air, causing a small pressure imbalance in her ears. Amber quickly hit the automatic door lock and the reassuring click rang throughout the cabin. The only sound remaining was her heavy breathing, mixed with a high wheeze as her lungs pumped air in and out, in, and out, safe. Though, she wasn't truly safe until she was as far away from Todd as possible. For the first time, she looked back to the corner, where only seconds earlier, she had stood with Todd. She expected to see him charging after her, even though she never heard any footsteps or sounds coming from him. She saw nothing. No charging killer, 
no murderous co-worker standing at the corner. At the very least, she expected to see him. Somewhere. He disappeared. Somehow, not knowing where Todd was caused more fear to seep into Amber's mind. She had to get out of there, and she had to do it now. The keys were still shaking in her hand. She tried unsuccessfully to insert the key into the ignition, but the shaking prevented her from making contact. She took one deep breath and blew the air out. The simple act allowed her to focus on putting the key into the ignition. Now, all she had to do was start the car and get the hell out of there. She turned the key. A knock came on the passenger side window. Amber screamed. Chapter 3 Hey! Someone outside her car door knocked again. Are you okay? Amber stared at the window, positive she'd see Todd's haunting grin looking back at her. A stranger peered back at her. Miss! Miss! Are you okay? A man said. Amber sat, confused at the events around her. She scanned outside to see if Todd had somehow appeared. She then feared for this man's life. Run! Amber screamed at the window. What? He said. Get out of here! There's a killer chasing me! Amber saw confusion on the man's face change to first surprise, then resolve. Where? The man asked, looking up to where Amber had just been. I don't know, but you'd better get out of here! For a moment, Amber forgot about her own safety and focused on someone she didn't even know. Hurry! There's a killer out there! Amber saw the young man move away from the car. He scanned the parking lot, even walking around the car, alert. She also noticed his large size, huge, probably a football player, or used to be. His blonde hair and wide shoulders exuded confidence. Just watching him, Amber felt safer. She started her car. The man knocked again, this time on the driver's side window. I don't see anyone. Whoever it was must have left. Amber lowered her window. Maybe, but I'm leaving, and I think you should, too. I was walking to my car from the gym, and I saw you sprinting, like the devil himself was after you. Girl, you're fast. Even as scared as she was, Amber felt the blood rush to her cheeks. From the stranger's reaction... Amber knew he saw her blush. Uh, thanks. I, I used to run track. Probably broke my personal 100-meter sprint back there. <laughs> Too bad no one timed it, Amber said. Her words met with a chuckle. <laughs> track, huh? Me too. Decathlon. Figures, Amber thought. But I'll bet you never sprinted and caught your flying keys at the same time before. The man placed his large forearm on the hood of the Subaru. He peered into the car and smiled. Beautiful smile. Ah, uh, you saw that. Yep. First-rate catch there. Real sports center stuff. Amber smiled back. She felt her face grow hot again, but didn't care. For a moment, all memory of Todd and his evil grin disappeared. I think I need to get to the police station. Amber knew she should leave, but the attraction she felt for this man was undeniable. Good idea. Tell you what, I'll follow you in my car. You know where the police station is? On Maple. Right. I'm in the Green Land Rover. I'll be right behind you. Thank you, um... Brett, he said. Brett Simmons. Thank you, Brett Simmons. 
Brett nodded and jogged to his car. Amber followed him as he picked up a gym bag on the way. He had obviously dropped it to help her out. Land Rover, Amber said to herself as she watched him go. Amber put the car in reverse and glanced over at Brett to watch him climb into his green Land Rover. He never made it. Chapter 4 Amber watched Brett pick up his gym bag, then the light filtering through the sunroof of her Subaru went out, then returned. A black shadow flew directly over her car and raced straight at Brett. Amber watched in horror as the tall man was tackled to the ground. His gym bag flew through the air and hit the side of his Land Rover. Amber's whole body began to shake. She looked out the passenger side window and saw Brett lying on his side, five feet from his truck. The black mist that attacked Brett rose from the body and hung in midair. Amber jammed the transmission into reverse and let out the clutch. The car lurched backward, tires squealing. She jumped on the brakes, then threw the car into first gear and stomped on the gas. The front wheel spun and screamed in the cool night air. Amber looked in the rearview mirror to see if Brett moved or showed any sign of life. He did not. Get to the police station! Get to the police station! Amber said to herself as she raced her Japanese import through the nearly deserted streets of the city. By her calculation, she had another three blocks to go. Get to the police station! There was another reason why she kept repeating the same thing over and over. To take her mind off of several facts. One, the charming man she was just talking to may be dead. And two, she had no idea what in the world killed him if he were actually dead. Two blocks. Amber gunned the engine. She prayed a cop would see her and pull her over, then she could tell her insane story to the police all the sooner. Another turn. No cops. Why, she asked herself, as she fought to keep all four almost new tires on the pavement. Why, when you are harmlessly rolling through a stop sign when absolutely no other cars are even close, is a cop waiting on the other side of the street, ready to pull you over and give you a ticket? But when you're flying through town, escaping a confessed killer and an other known force that may or may not have killed another man, there's not a policeman in sight. Maybe she should roll through the next four-way stop. Then a cop would show up. No need. She arrived. Amber slammed on the brakes. Her car skidded to a stop a few feet from the police station's front doors. Through heavy breaths, Amber realized her fingers were clenched around the steering wheel with such force they turned white. She made it. Safe at last. Amber killed the engine and jumped from her car. She raced around the car when the door to the police station opened. She thought it would be a cop. She was wrong. Todd stepped out. Chapter 5 Amber froze, her body unable to move, her brain whirled a thousand miles per hour. Todd? She managed to say. Yes, Amber? What are you? How did you? Todd? Todd walked down the stairs toward her. Dear, you must have a million questions right now in that pretty little head of yours. His voice disgusted her. Still paralyzed with fear, him calling her dear and saying her head was pretty, even though she herself sometimes considered her head little, enraged her. Instead of running back to the car, she felt like running toward him and kicking him in the midsection. But she remained where she stood. Todd continued toward her. Now, Amber... 
I can't believe you ran off like that at the parking lot. If I'm being honest, that hurt my feelings. Todd stopped five feet from where Amber stood. Though a bright light from the police station shone directly behind Todd, hiding all his features, showing her nothing but his silhouette, she saw his eyes shine through. She saw his deep, blazing red eyes. Don't you touch me, Todd, Amber said, her voice more steady than she imagined it could be under the circumstances. You do, and I'll... You'll do what? Todd interrupted. The oily sweetness in his voice only moments before vanished, replaced by disdain, anger. You'll do what? Run off again? Go ahead. Try it. You saw what I could do, didn't you? You saw me take care of that pretty hunky boy thing you were flirting with. Todd took a step toward Amber. She didn't flinch. Todd stopped as if prevented by an unseen force. You did that to Brett? So, you and Pretty Boy are on a first-name basis. How dare he, Amber thought. Now madder than before, she took a step toward Todd. You pig! She no longer cared about her safety, and she made sure Todd knew exactly how she felt. Amber, I'm getting tired of both this conversation and you. Help! Amber screamed. Help! Someone, please help! Amber hoped someone inside the police station would hear her and come out to see who was screaming bloody murder right in front of their office. Oh, please, Todd said. His lowered, outstretched hand came over her. Instantly, no sound came from Amber's throat. She knew she was still screaming, but nothing came out. She put her hands to her throat. It didn't help. No one inside could hear you. In fact, no one in there will hear anything ever again. Amber stopped her silent screams. My dear, it's time for you to go. Instead of walking toward her, Todd's body transformed into a black cloud that slowly rose, then directly descended over Amber, engulfing her, choking the will to live from her. She felt her life force ebb away. Chapter 6 Amber fell, first to her knees, then her whole body lay on the cold cement of the police station parking lot. The black fog continued to surround her. Somehow the blackness contained Todd's essence, and what she felt raised questions in her mind. This wasn't the Todd she knew, the slightly quirky co-worker at the restaurant. This was an old soul, a troubled soul, an evil soul. The thought that this awful person would prove the cause of her demise made her mad. She didn't know how, but she refused to allow this creep to win, even if she had to die in the process. There was no way he was going to win. Get off me, you damned creep! Amber screamed. Something happened. Something changed. The darkness that held her down lifted, and for the first time in what seemed like ages, Amber drew in a huge breath. I said, get off! Finally, Todd released her. His form rose, then reappeared before her, back where he once stood. Slowly, Amber pushed herself up from the ground. She stared up at Todd, no longer afraid of who or what he was. What's wrong, Todd? Amber said. Didn't you say it was time for me to go? Why don't you finish me off? You too scared or weak? 
Amber continued rising. She now stood on shaky legs before her adversary. Shut up, Todd said. After a moment's silence, Amber said, Shut up? That's all you got? Shut up? Amber took a step toward Todd. Man, you're even more pathetic than I thought you were. She took another step. I'm going to ask you again. What's wrong, Todd? Amber saw disgust and hate on Todd's face. She wondered why he didn't just attack her like he did Brett. Maybe he couldn't, but if not, what was stopping him? The two stood, facing each other, Amber not knowing what to say, not knowing why Todd wouldn't do something, or at the very least, say something. They both heard the car before the headlights illuminated both of them. The vehicle's tires squealed as the car turned from the city street into the parking lot. Whoever was driving was aiming their car directly at the two, and he wasn't slowing down. Amber noticed the headlights were higher off the ground than a regular car. This must be an SUV. As it came closer, Amber jumped to avoid it, crashing into her. She landed on the hard cement and rolled. Todd didn't move. The SUV hit Todd and sent him flying into the glass doors of the police station. The driver locked up the wheels and a green Land Rover slammed to a stop. Brett opened the door. Chapter 7 Amber didn't know what surprised her more. That Brett was not only alive, but well enough to drive his car to the police station, or that Todd, who only moments before was a black mist, flew into the police station. How could any of this even be happening? Brett limped over to where Amber still lay on the ground. Are you okay? He said, as he bent down to help her up. Amber saw him grimace in pain. I am, she said. Don't know if I can say the same thing about you. I'm okay, Brett said as Amber rose, her doing most of the lifting. After standing on both feet, she said, And what kind of stunt was that? Gunning your green Land Rover right at me? A smile hoped she conveyed the right tone. In no way did she want to chide him after he saved her life. Oh, an athlete like you? Brett smiled back. I knew you'd get out of the way in time. On an impulse, Amber hugged the man a good foot taller than herself. She heard a soft groan as Brett hugged her back. I'm so sorry, Amber said, breaking the hug after realizing he was still in pain. She looked up and realized it was his turn to blush. Come on, let's get out of here. I have no idea if we did anything at all to that guy. As quickly as possible, the pair jumped into Brett's running car. He put it in reverse and it rolled backwards. The headlights illuminated the smashed front of the police office. Both Amber and Brett instinctively looked at the building. Todd appeared in the light. Brett? Amber said, her voice unsteady. I see him. Brett stopped the car and waited to see what Todd did. They didn't have to wait long. In an instant, Todd sprang high into the air and flew directly at the car. Amber screamed. Brett threw open the door and jumped out. He quickly opened the back door and drew out a baseball bat. Amber screamed again as Todd began his descent. As he fell, Brett slammed the bat on the pavement. Amber heard a crack. He then drew back the bat, waiting. From inside the car, Amber watched as a look of pure rage on Todd's face changed to paralyzing fear. He headed straight for Brett, who wound back the bat as if he were about to hit a game-winning home run to end the World Series. Amber buried her head in her hands. She couldn't bear to see what happened. She didn't see it, 
but she definitely heard the sound of the bat connect with Todd. She screamed again. Then, nothing. Silence. The next sound she heard was Brett opening the driver's side door. Amber finally looked up. Is it over? Yeah, it's over. You sure? I'm sure. That guy's not going to threaten you again. He's not going to do anything ever again. Brett backed up the car, then drove out of the parking lot. Amber couldn't bring herself to look back. The two rode in silence. After a moment, curiosity got the better of her, and she asked, You said back there you were sure it was over. How do you know? I mean, the guy could change into a black cloud. Well, Brett said as he drove through the empty streets, as I drove over here from the gym, I kept thinking about what in the world this guy could be. I knew he wasn't human, that's for sure. I thought, maybe he was a vampire. So when he was flying toward me, I knew I needed to find a wooden stake. I grabbed the bat and tried to make it as sharp as possible by hitting the ground. Luckily, the bat split right down the center, giving it a nice blade. No, you didn't. Amber said, shocked. Sure did. That bat cut right into his heart. I'm glad you weren't watching. It wasn't pretty. Amber wondered where they were going. It was soon evident as Brett pulled into the hospital parking lot as the first orange hues of morning rose in the eastern sky. They probably both needed to be checked out. Amber hurried and helped Brett out of the car and into the ER waiting room. As they approached the desk, Amber said, Wait, I thought you said you played football. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to tell you. I was high school All-American in baseball, too. Thank you to writer Scott Taylor and reader Amanda Angerbauer. There's a link to Scott Taylor's blog in the show notes, as well as citations for the movie quotes used in the intro. You can help more people find In the Telling by leaving a review on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast delivery platform. Find out more at lizzylizzyliz.com. Theme music by Gordon Vitas. In the Telling is hosted and produced by me, Liz Christensen. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs>